Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Feldstein, and today we're talking with PCOM leaders, Patience Mason and Patrick Wolf about leadership during a pandemic. Beginning on March 16th, 2020, our lives at PCOM changed. That was our last normal day when faculty members taught in person, students learned on campus, and staff members supported their work from campus office space. Since then, the college has shifted to a primarily virtual environment as we've worked diligently to keep our community safe. Patience works as the college's chief student affairs officer, leading the student affairs operations at the Philadelphia, Swanee, and Moultrie campuses. She oversees student activities, clubs, and organizations. In addition to career and academic support, counseling and disability services, student recreation and fitness, and other campus events for more than 2,800 students. Patience holds a master's degree in education with a specialization in higher education administration from the University of Virginia and a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology from the University of Notre Dame. She resides in Georgia. Patrick is the college's chief occupational environmental safety officer. He is responsible for ensuring PCOM work environments in Pennsylvania and Georgia comply with all institutional city, state, and federal safety policies, codes, and regulations. Prior to joining PCOM, Patrick worked in higher education safety for the University of Maryland for more than 25 years. He earned a master's in business administration from the University of Baltimore and a bachelor of sciences in biology from Slippery Rock University. He is a veteran of the United States Army where he served as a chemical corps officer. Patrick resides in Pennsylvania. Welcome Patience and Patrick. With a focus on our students, can you describe some of the precautions and safety initiatives PCOM has instituted across all campuses to help keep our campus community safe? Thanks for that question. Um, I'll go ahead and start and then uh, Pat will probably dig a little bit more into the details of what we've done. You know, we are a healthcare professional uh, school and the reality is that from day one, our goal has always been to follow the science, uh, to follow the CDC uh, recommendations and the recommendations of um, the state. Uh, so with that, from day one, mandatory mask wearing was something that we implemented right away that no one was allowed on the campus unless they were wearing a mask. Um, in addition to that, obviously physical distancing. And I think Pat will talk a little bit more about some of the initiatives um, that we tackled in order to keep the campus safe. Uh, but you know, physical distancing is a big part of that, making sure that the students and the employees or campus are maintaining a distance um, it, to prevent them from contacting uh, the virus. And then of course, remote learning. Remote, remote learning is, we pivoted towards remote learning very effectively and very early, and we've been very successful at it. Our, our faculty worked incredibly hard to make sure that they could deliver and continue to deliver the quality education to our students, but doing so remotely and doing so safely. And then I would, you know, finally talk about the students. The students have been, uh, they've been great at abiding by 
uh, the measures that we've put into place. And some of that includes, you know, our we have a very active student body. Um, they are very involved in <clears throat> community service, uh, service learning activities. Um, they had to be really creative about figuring out how to pivot towards doing some of those community service activities remotely. Uh, and they did an amazing job. Um, they did things like uh, collecting PPE. Um, they had all sorts of initiatives, uh, initiatives that had involved helping people that were in vulnerable populations that could not um, secure uh, food or grocery for themselves. Um, so they've really worked to make sure that they can continue to do their service activities, even though we are in this distance, physical distancing and remote environment. And, you know, physical distancing, wearing masks, all those things are critically important, but we made one decision really early on with regards to the students that were coming to campus, and that was that if we had students that were going to participate in an OMM or a PCS lab or had clinical skills classes that put them in close proximity to each other, we were going to fit test the entire student body that was going to be participating in those events with an N95. And, you know, the N95 is the state-of-the-art measure to protect uh, exposure from uh, aerosols and viruses and, and particles. So that's been very critically important to making sure that our students that had to be in close physical proximity to each other were protected. Um, and even though uh, we did that, you know, all these measures, none of them are foolproof, uh, which is the reason why we had uh, implemented the Campus Clear app and the COVID notice email address. Um, these were to have people think on a daily basis, do I have any symptoms? And if I do have symptoms, should I go to uh, campus? Should I go to my class um, and report the symptoms in through not only the campus clear, but that COVID notice email address that we put in place. And once we ended up having people report into those, uh, those two mechanisms, we, would, we were able to uh, quarantine them and keep them off campus. We could do contact tracing to make sure that there was nobody else in our PCOM community that was exposed to the person that uh, had symptoms and those contact tracing efforts were critically important to making sure that we minimized any spread of the virus on our campus. So how successful have these precautions and safety initiatives been? I would say that the safety measures that we've put in place have been very effective. After a outbreak on the South Georgia campus, we conducted mandatory testing of all the students that were coming to, to campus. Uh, this event only produced one positive case on the Philadelphia campus and one positive case on the Georgia campus. In fact, since the fall term began on August 17th, we've only had 32 positive cases amongst the student body that has been coming to campus. 11 of those are in Moultrie, seven in Philadelphia, 14 in Suwannee, and of those 32 cases, uh, all but 12 of them could be attributed to an exposure that occurred off campus. Um, the, exposure for, the exposure source for those 12 cases was not able to be determined, but it doesn't mean that they occurred on campus. In fact, if you take a look at our total uh, COVID-19 cases that we have received and, and tracked, we've only had 64 amongst the entire 
PCOM community. And out of 3,600 people in our community, that's a really good rate. And I'll say that uh, what's critically important here is that uh, we can't do this alone, that we require, we rely very heavily on our students and our employees to abide by the measures that are put in place. And we have been incredibly surprised at the compliance rate for students and for faculty and staff. Everyone is doing their part to make sure that we can keep our doors open and provide our students with clinical opportunities. Um, we can take precautions, uh, but and, and we can put guidelines in place, but those guidelines are not effective unless the campus community is doing what they need to do in order to contain the spread. And, and I think that our efforts to this point have been incredibly successful. Uh, we've had some clusters as, as Pat mentioned, um, but very few, relatively few, if you consider uh, the population that we serve. If you knew then what you know now, what, if anything, would you have recommended that we do differently? So last year before the pandemic uh, in my role as emergency, uh, in charge of emergency management, I conducted a, what's called a hazard vulnerability analysis amongst the PCOM leadership. This analysis uh, assesses the likelihood that an emergency event will occur and the direct and indirect effects on the campus if it does occur. And it allows us to prioritize our planning and allocate resources for emergency response. Uh, when we did this analysis, the likelihood of a pandemic occurring uh, ranked second to last, just slightly above a zombie apocalypse. Um, so the pandemic wasn't on the forefront of our thought process. We hadn't put a lot of resources into planning for a pandemic. And like most other colleges and universities, we had to respond quickly to COVID-19 on the fly. Um, so when we started planning, we were very tactical. We were very nimble. We had to make decisions quickly and without complete information. And we had to address the immediate concern of the pandemic. So what I've realized is that uh, this pandemic is, it's a long-term event and we should be prepared for it to last through the academic year and possibly into the next academic year because the timeline for the delivery of a readily available vaccine is still very fuzzy. So if I could change anything, it would be not to minimize the potential for a pandemic or any other emergency and not minimize how long it would last. I would agree. Uh, that would be what, what Pat said is, is right, on, uh, right on point. If there was anything that I would change, it would be not to minimize the potential for an emergency, but more importantly, how long it would last. I think many of us, when we entered into this pandemic phase in March uh, made the assumption that we would be lasting for maybe four months, five months or so, um, and didn't really project how long. I mean, I can think of early on when we were making the call about commencement and a decision was made uh, to go virtual for some of our academic programs and then to 
delay until July for other academic programs to determine if it, there would be a possibility for us to have an in-person ceremony. Uh, knowing now what we didn't know then, uh, probably would have made the call that all of the ceremonies would be virtual just at an earlier time. I think when you can give accurate, you can communicate accurately to the students, it allows them to be able to sit with that information and come to terms with the information that they've been given. So that is essentially, I think, the most important part of this is just recognizing the timeline for all of this and making sure that we were communicating clearly to students and and in, in some ways, I think we gave them hope that there was a possibility that we could be back in person a lot sooner than, than we could. And then also just in looking at the entire academic year, we were hopeful that we would have the virus under control nationally, uh, I think at that point. And so in hindsight, perhaps looking at minimizing the breaks the, the, the term breaks that we have um, and just looking at the academic programming and delivery of curriculum a little bit differently. But again, that's hindsight is 2020 is what they say. So under the circumstances, I think that we've done uh, a really amazing job of, of managing this pandemic effectively for our institution. I'm sure uh, each of you probably has some questions for me. My first question for you is, what has been the most challenging aspects of leading PCOM during the current pandemic? We're going to be here a while for that one, in the sense that there are there were multiple challenges. I would think the, the first and foremost was the fact that the science was evolving when this first started. So we were constantly getting different recommendations from the CDC, the Department of Health and the states, the cities where we were. And it's just because the science was evolving and we're you know, a science-based entity, so we wanna follow the science. So as we put the major goal of the health and safety of our college community, students, faculty, staff, patients first, we needed to have it based on science. And that was constantly shifting and changing. When you're trying to communicate effectively and those communications change based on science, that's very challenging. So the first was just the science itself and our ability to deal with you know, COVID from a, a preventive standpoint, a treatment standpoint, a personal protective equipment. We had just the challenges of the science. The second was communication amongst leadership and ourselves, and then how to communicate effectively to the college community. And what's the balance of communicate? You know, they say you can't over communicate, but I think sometimes you can, especially if the information's changing and you get information fatigue. So how do we time our information so that you, you get the maximum effectiveness of what you communicate. So I, you know, that was a, a huge challenge. And I think meeting everyone's needs, it's easy to say health and safety, everyone first, 
but the students had their own needs, faculty had their own needs, staff had their own needs, and our patients had their own needs. So, you know, how do we balance all of that to be able to deliver services, education effectively in this current environment? So it was a rather challenging process and still remains a challenging process. And I think the duration of it in itself is a challenge because people just get COVID fatigue. You know, from a work perspective, every day bleeds into another day. And I think, you know, people's mental health, the stresses that this puts on the entire community is real. And we've tried our best to give people access to mental health care uh, and, and just to be aware of that situation. It, it's been a challenging situation. And, and quite frankly, I think the college communities responded in an outstanding fashion. We implemented a lot of safety practices and changed a lot of our operations to address the pandemic. Are there any things that we implemented that you can see continuing as we move forward? Well, I think we've got a leadership team in terms of the coronavirus task force that really goes across all campuses, all programs, you know, HR. And, and I think we will keep that moving forward as an entity to deal with any crises that occur. So when we do have our zombie apocalypse, we'll have the appropriate leadership team to deal with that. And I say that facetiously, but we know this will not be the last pandemic. And we also know that there'll be other issues, whether it's cybersecurity, whether it's natural disasters as a fact from global climate change, whatever it is, you know, we've got a leadership team in place so that we can deal with whatever it is effectively. And I think that more than anything is what will continue to carry through. And I also like the fact that we have the rapid response team that meets on a daily basis to deal with positive tests and COVID issues. And we would just transfer that to any other disaster or crisis that we have. So obviously what we're experiencing now is nothing like we've ever experienced before uh, globally as, as, as well as at the college. What are some of the lessons we've learned from this time in PCOM's history? I think that we're a nimble organization, that we have a great college community with great leaders and, and leadership, that we work well together, that we communicate effectively, and that we're up for any challenge. And I, I know this it feels overwhelming to all of us, and you know we've never lived through anything this, like this before, but you go back in time, I mean, the college existed through World War II. The college existed through the Korean War. The college adapted then, they went to a three-year curriculum to try and turn out primary care physicians faster because all the physicians were overseas. So, you know, the colleges, and if you go back to the, the great uh, pandemic flu epidemic in the early 1900s, the, the college existed then obviously on a much smaller scale, but we've been through crises before and we'll be through them going forward. But I think we've shown that, you know, through effective communication, sticking together, being nimble, being able to pivot, which are qualities that we'll take with us moving forward. I think we've learned 
you know, that we can handle any situation. I'm just super proud of everybody, but I can't wait till it's over. I think we would agree. All of our precautions and safety initiatives surrounding COVID-19 are available on our COVID-19 guidelines on my PCOM and our website. I just want to thank you, Patience and Patrick, for joining us today. We appreciate and value your work in helping the PCOM community carefully navigate the COVID-19 pandemic. To listen to our past episodes of this podcast and become a subscriber, visit our SoundCloud page or find us on iTunes by searching Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. I'm Jay Feldstein, and this has been PCOM Perspectives.